The scripture reading today comes from the Psalms. Psalm 130. Listen to these good words. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. This is the word of God for the people of God. There is nothing that uh, gets and keeps our attention like tension. Sensing that something could happen is why we watch things and why we give them our attention when we sense that there's tension. That's why we watch every sports game that's ever been watched. Two teams show up on a field and you get the sense that something can happen. Something could break loose. Every movie you've ever watched, every story you've ever told, every time your crazy uncle says, well, let me tell you about the time, and you're like, ooh, I can feel it. This may not be appropriate to share in this setting. I am so listening. Right? I mean, that every song that starts, you know, especially one you already know, and your brain's already at the end of the song. Anybody have, have those earworms that get in their head? I, I've had a few in my life. One of them that just kills me is My Girl. If I hear bum, 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 I'm already like, I'm stuck for five minutes. Like my brain's already into the next little part of this. It just creates tension. And we kind of have to give it our attention. The challenge, though, with, with tension is that it's uncomfortable. Right? The same thing that draws us to whatever it is, is the same thing that makes us uncomfortable and we want it to resolve. That's why we watch movies to the end. That's why we listen to songs to the end. That's why we want to hear the end of the story is because this is hard to live with all the time. I find it interesting that people come to um, faith. They come to uh, religion, church, God, however you want to phrase it, looking for different things. One of the things that people come for is, is to resolve some of the tension in their life because this is hard and they want it to relax. And um, Advent, a uh, Latin word that just means coming, is all about tension. It's, it's one of the two great journeys of the Christian year. Lent is the journey from death to life. Advent is the journey from darkness to light. It, it draws um, its imagery from that space between um, the dead of night and before the sun is up, that, that spot where the sky just starts to change. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like some of the stars are still out, but it's not pitch black anymore. The sky's just starting to be like the deepest blue. And that is a space for tension. It's like you maybe just want to hang out and watch the sun come up. And that's Advent. We were feeling the tension of the darkness of the world. Last week we talked about uh, the darkness that's out there. 
and that we can't seem to fix all the darkness that is out there, all the ways that it picks up steam and evil seems to dominate so much of our time and so much of society uh, and, and that we can't seem to fix it. History is this long story of people trying to address the darkness out in the world. But Advent is more than just about the tension with the world that's out there. Um, in uh, one of the Psalms, Psalm 130, which is um, a pretty standard like Advent text, uh, and, and so I just want to kind of work through that a piece at a time this morning. It's one of what's called, they, they call it the Songs of Ascent. And so this would have been sung by a group of people that are journeying to the temple to worship together. And so this would have been like on their minds. What do you need as you're in this tension, in this space between uh, where you are and being with God, and there's this tension there, and we are headed on that journey to be with God in his presence. What are the things that should be on our mind and the things that come up in our spirit? In in Psalm 130, uh, he starts out like this. Out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness. Lord, Lord, who could stand? See, the, um, the author here has this sense of tension in his own heart that there's something wrong, not just out in the world, but in here with me. And and is feeling it deeply. Advent is for the people that are realizing that they are in need. Advent is not for the people that do not yet realize that they are all put together and fine the people that have a sense that their life is is neat and orderly and that they know how to live it and that they know what's going on in the world. Advent is not for people who feel secure and for people who feel safe. You need a different holiday. Advent is for the people that say, Lord, if you kept a record of my sins, I couldn't even stand in your presence. God, I need your your light to come. I need your your light to come into my darkness because in here, I am not okay. I find it interesting um, that the author uses the word sins, plural. Uh, My tendency is to reference how a lot of the biblical writers talk about um, this issue where they talk about sin, singular, like that we live in a state of sin that we're just kind of like, it's like the water we swim in. It's this environment that we're in where everything is corrupted and touched by sin. Uh, it kind of is this like encompassing state that we live in. Uh, but, but scripture also talks about sins, plural. Like it's not just like the state that we live in. It's that particular thing that I did, that I chose to do. Something that I did with my body or something that I spoke with my mouth, something that I dwelled on in my mind, something that I chose to not do that would have been the right thing, and that those things are not just living in the state of sin, they are the sins that I chose. They're things that happened at 3.21 p.m. yesterday. They have time stamps on them. And they're those moments when I, I look I look at the king of the universe and how he wants to order my life in the world and I say I would rather do it my way. Thank you. And that that creates tension. And what what do we do 
with this thing that we can't resolve. There's really two ways you can deal with it. You know, if, if this is who we are in the mess that we're in, and if this is who we're supposed to be, one way to resolve the tension is just to let go on this end. And to say that who I am is fine. To deny that there should be anything different. And that whatever I feel, whatever I want, whatever my desires or orientations are, Whatever the things are that are in my mind, for me to live my truth is the right thing. And it lets go of the tension and makes things easier. And says that how you can live is just to forget that there is a there that God wants you in. And you can just be who you are, which feels so much better and is devoid of the kingship of God in your life. The, the other way to resolve the tension is to say, okay, so I'm over here. God wants me over here. I have to work hard to get over here and close the gap, and that will make me feel better. You know, th- this is all about believing and behaving. If I can believe the right things and if I can behave the right way, that can close the gap and make me feel better. The, the word that Scripture uses for that is law. I'm going to live by law. I'm going to believe the right things. I'm going to behave the right way. And I'm going to close the gap on my own steam because this tension is hard to live with. We can feel it day in and day out. And Advent is for the people that realize that that the tension is real, that there's something in their hearts that is broken, that is sinful, that is evil, and that needs to be redeemed. The, The writer goes on. And in verse four, he says, but with you, there's forgiveness. So that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. That this person has realized that I cannot close the gap on my own. I don't want to let go of who you want me to be, and I can't seem to make myself into who I should be. So really, the thing left to do is to turn our attention to God and to wait. Advent isn't just for the people who realize their own sin. Advent is for the people who are waiting who are waiting for God to move, who are caught in the space in the middle, who are willing to hold the tension. You know, I find it interesting that often people come to religion looking for the tension to be resolved. I've got bad news for you. I have bad news for you. Jesus doesn't seem terribly interested in relieving our tension. He kind of has a, has a different way of Addressing it. It's not about let me show you how to just be okay with who you are. Let me show you how to work hard enough to be who you want to be. Last week I had this quote from Fleming Rutledge, Advent begins where human potential ends. That when we come to the end of ourselves and we realize I cannot fix myself, I cannot make myself who I want to be, that is where the whole thing starts. You know, we are big on human potential. It's like all we talk about in our culture. It's so many good things about that. Like every little kid gets told, you can be anything you want. Why do we lie to our children? <laughs> Look, 
I know you want to be an astronaut, but little Timmy can't zip up his own pants. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it, you know, to be an astronaut. And it's, it's super sweet to say, but, but here's the thing. You do not have limitless potential. I don't. You don't. I mean, you, you've caught up on that, right? Anybody turned 30 yet? And found out that your body just like starts to give up on you, you know, and there's a slow slide to a coffin after that. <laughs> Some folks are super glad they came to church this morning. I, like, look, you do not have limitless potential. I don't, you don't. And when, when we come to the end of ourselves, look, there is good things about hard work. There is good things about realizing your potential, about working hard, about dreaming. All of that's great. But here's the thing. You will hit a ceiling, and when you do, that is a gift for, from God. That, that is a part of his love and grace in your life. When you hit the wall and say, I cannot make myself who I'm supposed to be, that is where we turn our attention more than watchmen wait for the morning more than watchmen wait for the morning. In ancient societies, you know, they, they didn't have things like satellites and the internet. They didn't have an air force. If you wanted to see an enemy coming, guess what? You built something tall and you stuck someone up there all night. And their job was to watch on the horizon to keep everybody safe. And they were just waiting for the sun to break because when, when the light came, that meant they were safe for another day. And on those days, when our own soul feels that there's war brewing, and we go to the top of our souls, and we look out, and we say, God, are you coming? Advent is not just for those who are realizing their own sin. It's for those who have turned their attention to God, and they're waiting. They're waiting for him to come and do what we can't do for ourselves. When, when um, John the Apostle is writing about this, writing about this happening, when the light starts to break, I find it interesting that he, um, unlike uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he doesn't use descriptive language. He doesn't use historical language. Um, he like ditches trying to tell you the things that happened, and he launches into a song. It's like a poem. Like you can, you can hear the melody behind his songs, um, behind his words. And, and, and to get language... For this thing that God's doing, he reaches back to what's probably one of the most important songs, uh, poems in his culture, uh, Genesis 1, the creation poem. And, and he grabs it and starts to use it as like this way to like announce that God is going to answer our prayers. He opens like this, in the beginning. You heard that phrase before? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Are you picking, there's like a rhythm here. There's like a, like a beat to this song. And he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. We talked about John the Baptist last week. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. Though the world, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. 
he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I find it interesting that Jesus, when he shows up, he doesn't relieve the tension. When light comes into the darkness, it creates tension. The light came into the darkness and the darkness went, I don't know if I want you here. Right? His own did not receive him. When Jesus shows up in our lives, often he creates tension for us. When I, when, I was, when I was a little, the kind of first chapter of my life, all of the problems that I experienced and could name were out there. Where the light needed to come was out there because my home was a wreck, my family was a wreck. And when out there got better, I just, as you would, moved on with my life. And all of my attention went on to changing the world out there. And that's good. But then I started to run into myself. I started to run into my own sin and my own immaturity. Started to run into my own pain and the ways that I hurt people, people that I cared about. And I realized that it wasn't enough to to change the world out there. I, I needed the world to change in here. That was this disorienting grace of God when he came into my world and he created tension because the darkness, the darkness has a hard time receiving the light. Really the only thing to do is to move from realizing that we need saving and waiting to be changed is to move to trusting. Advent is for those who realize their brokenness, it's for those who are waiting for God to move, and it's for those who are willing to trust. That God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to come. I need your light to come and to change me. Trusting, by the way, is a much um, more palatable word for surrender. Is anybody super excited about the word surrender? When was the last time that was used in any positive fashion in your life? Right? If we're supposed to surrender, and that's good news, guess who the enemy in the story is? It's us. It's us. If us surrendering is good news, that means we're the enemy. We're the the enemy. And, And that God, when we became the traitor race, and we turned on our creator, the fascinating thing is that God didn't run away from us, he moved towards us. That the light came into the darkness. That this is a whole, like, yes, you're a mess. I'm a mess, full of sin, racked with evil. I can't seem to get through an hour without my own selfishness rearing its stupid head. But here's the thing, God doesn't move away from us in that he moves towards the broken. Jesus said it is the sick who need a doctor, not the healthy. And when he saw you in your sin, he didn't run away from you and wait for you to climb up to him. He left heaven and came to you, the light of the world, pursuing the darkness. When our first parents sinned, you remember how this story goes? And what's their reaction? They hide, which is so us, right? Our shame drives us to hiding. And then God didn't stay far up and boom down from heaven, what is wrong with you? It says he showed up to walk. 
he showed up to walk. And, and, his, and his first response is a question, where, where are you? Where are you? The Bible is not a story about people searching for God. It is a story about God in search of his people. Front to back. It's a story about God searching for his people and we can trust that God to come for us. When this light of the world comes and it says that the darkness did not receive him. Check this out in verse 12. It says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He moved towards you. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. We talked last week about how John is, is brilliant. He's this leader that says, don't follow me. Follow that guy. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given for the law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That all of our attempts to close the gap through the law, he has set aside and he came full of grace and truth. Grace is about receiving. That's, that's a word of letting go. That's not a word of earning. That's like, how do I let God give me the good things that he wants? And he comes full of grace and truth which can I be honest, I usually want to pick one of the other, right? Grace for me, truth for you. It's great. But when he comes full of grace and truth, grace, I'm going to make it okay. I'm going to carry your sin. You are mine. You are my child. I love you. I adore you. I delight in you. When God thinks about you, he lights up. And truth, when he shows up, he goes, and we've got some stuff to work on. We've got some stuff that needs to be changed. It's not just going to be okay. We're not just going to call it okay. We're not just going to find people that help us feel okay about it. We're not just going to hide it. We're going to pull it into the light, and by his grace and truth, he changes us to be like him. Advent is for people that have realized their sin, their need. It's for people who are waiting because they can't change it themselves. It's for people who are trusting that God is going to make good on his promise. Psalm 130 closes like this. It says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. Every bit of me and you that needs to be changed and made right will be. In him is full redemption. For he himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. From all their sins. 
is we wait to celebrate his coming. I just wanted to take a few minutes today and, and spend some time together reflecting and letting the Holy Spirit speak to us. And um, on Tuesday, we gather um, for staff prayer in the prayer chapel right over there. And uh, Jordan um, was leading this last Tuesday. Um, and uh, it was just, it was really sweet. And so I just said, Jordan, that thing that you did in there, could you come do that out, out here? Um, and he didn't tell me no, so that's good. Maybe I should have. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and um, would you right now... Maybe you're thinking, Brett, that didn't, that didn't feel like you really landed your sermon. I'm trying to create tension. Tension. And we want to hold the tension of faith. That's what fa faith is holding the tension between what is and what will be. That's what fa faith does not resolve the tension. It creates it and helps us hold it. And would you right now, would you just turn your, turn your attention to the Lord. Maybe close your eyes. And as we sing and reflect and pray for a few minutes, I'd invite you, if you want to, you can stay seated, you can stand, you can find space elsewhere in the room, whatever you need to do. Say, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do with, with, the realizing my sin and the waiting and the trusting. What do you want me to do? What would you say to me? Oh, you can have it all. 
about, hurried about, would you just place it in your hands and lift it up to Jesus? I said, this is, this is what I'm worried about. This is the darkness. And Brett, would you read that John passage over us as we hold that up to Jesus? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There's the peace right there. He was in the beginning, and the darkness didn't overcome him. He's here now, and the darkness does not overcome him. So we can sing this loud. You can have it all. Every part of This heart is now Sing it with your own voice, come on. You can have it Every part of mine Take this life and Hey, we're so glad you tuned in today. If you like this video, don't forget to give it a thumbs up and share it with anyone you think could benefit. We're excited about all the content we have coming up and can't wait for you to see it. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss out. And if you're curious about LaCroix or if you're looking to take the next step on your journey with Jesus, check out lacroixchurch.org. We hope to see you again soon.